This is episode number six of the Abuse Talk podcast with me, Jennifer Gilmore. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my mess into a message. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and promote that together we are louder. Each fortnight there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector, getting an inside feel for what it's really like in their job role and sharing it with all of you. There's also a chance for you to join in the discussion by leaving a voice recording a message so that we can share together in the discussion. In this episode, I speak to Vicky Robertson from Kaleidoscopic UK about hair charity and bringing survivors together. Before we get into the interview, I just want to say a big thank you to Rockpool, who sponsor the work that I do. Rockpool provides industry-leading training and consultancy services for organisations that support people who have been affected by trauma. I originally went on one of their programmes as a delegate, happy to have become a facilitator and be a part of the Rockpool team in a unique way, I guess. So do have a look at their website, rockpool.life. And finally, what you've been waiting for, the wonderful interview with Vicky Robertson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Abuse Talk interviews. And I'm delighted today to have Vicky Robertson with us. And actually, we were meant to be doing this in person. Um, but as when you do an event like what Vicky has done, it gets it runs away with you doesn't it <laughs> and so um i'm i'm not going to say too much because i want vicky to introduce herself but i also want to congratulate vicky and her work with kaleidoscopic uk with her first ever event just last week what day was it vicky <laughs> it was the 17th <laughs> the 17th so obviously people watching it next week um and it was just we've just been talking about it and unraveling about you know on everything and it was just such an inspirational event and so many people turned up to it so I want to congratulate you on that and first of all tell us a bit about you and what you do then <laughs> Okay, so my name, for anyone who doesn't know, is Vicky Robertson, and I'm the founder, as Jennifer kindly mentioned, of Kaleidoscopic UK, which, for anyone who doesn't know, is an organisation of survivors for survivors. Um, I am a child and adult survivor of domestic abuse and violence myself, and through my experiences, met, obviously, lots of other people having done the Freedom Programme and things in similar situations, and on talking to them, just realised actually where there was, like, some lack of support around for children um, and also as a survivor yourself um, once you've done some of the available programs or interventions that could be eight six or ten weeks it's like then how do I process how do I heal where do I go where's my support network and you know sadly some of the people I met have maybe gotten back into the same relationship um, or found one maybe similar um, and then there's others who flourished and it was like why why is it so different and you know finding out what support we could then help to offer so that is where kaleidoscopic was basically born 
and also through my experiences of sort of the court systems as well and realizing the massive gap between criminal courts and family courts um, and obviously then was the first petition around training for that but also these people who are then going to family courts and I consider myself sadly as one of the lucky ones who had the violence because that is evidence that you can prove you know there is photos as we've spoken Jenny there's pictures there's evidence that you can prove but all the rest of it you know being in that relationship I hadn't realized I was suffering most of it or the terminology for it or how you even put that into words but actually there's people who suffer that side of it and the violence could be there well not at all and how then is their support where is their support and there's a lot of people falling through the gaps so we wanted to kind of you know relieve that and um, help in any way we could and it you know seemed that survivor-led sort of intervention and support groups were were really working so that's kind of where we wanted to get to and help more people and then put an official name on it and just get it out there and also educate obviously services around the intricacies and the realities because it's all well and good learning from a textbook but once you've lived it it's very very different to what you know about it and also you know anything you read so yeah wanting to educate people and that's where kaleidoscopic hopefully are doing and obviously our convention showcased us which we we're so blessed to have you come and talk and you know invaluable and I'm, I thank you for that so thank you thank you um well I want do you know something when I was at that event on on the day I didn't know why you were called kaleidoscopic UK so I think <laughs> that you should tell everyone about the reason behind the name <laughs> Okay, yeah, fair enough. And actually people do also say, why is that? Um, so Kaleidoscopic UK, obviously our header is turning the lens on domestic abuse. And for anyone who had a kaleidoscope as a child, which I loved, um, you can look through the lens and you can change the colours and you can change the shapes. And for me, that was something that I always remember fondly as a fond memory and thought, you know what, that's what we can do after abuse. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to define us. Yes, it will have changed us, but it doesn't have to define us. And we can change the colours and we can change the shapes after abuse and find us again because, you know, you become non-existent, don't you, in those types of relationships. And that's basically where Kaleidoscopic UK came from. I absolutely love that and to be honest when I found out and heard that I just thought it was it was kind of genius as well <laughs> because there are so many people that I end up speaking to that have gone through domestic abuse and sometimes a lot of people ask you know how did you get there and I said you know just remember that you know on social media for everyone it's like editing a life. It's not necessarily what's a reflection on what's happening behind closed doors. Um, just the ways when we lived through domestic abuse, you know, abuse doesn't really end when the relationship does. And yeah. it's, you know, how can you focus on, you know, your step forward or your thought process or your perspective? And again, with that, you know, your lovely <laughs> design on turning the lens, you know, it is... If we can turn the lens on ourselves and how we can take a step forward and recover and allowing ourselves to be able to do that because I think there's just um, there's different sets of people aren't there that some people are stuck and they just can't turn the lens and get that yeah. first step um, so it's really important um, to show that there is a happy side of life and that you can reclaim your life so that's what I thought when you um, spoke about it so thank you for that um so 
we've just had your domestic abuse prevention convention which obviously we've spoken about and it was amazing and we amazing speakers discussion the room was full i think was it sold out because it was like there was it's cramped the space um (laughs) so um tell us are there going to be more absolutely yes Jennifer and definitely so annually we're going to do the prevention convention as well as other events in between so the next one will be a big big event will be in April um I have got an upcoming one in November um which is more of a coffee morning sort of you know for the United Nations um day of uh, violence against women and girls so we've got smaller events coming up but yes definitely the prevention convention is going to be an annual thing and I think it's so important that you know, we focus on how we recover after abuse, but if we were given the tools and the education before and the signs and the symptoms of recognising what is, you know, a normal relationship, healthy relationship, if you like, and compromising versus abuse, because I think for me personally, that's where it became really tricky. And I would think, oh, well, this is just a compromise. This is what people do. But obviously then, what I'm not seeing is that there's a pattern to that compromise and it's building up and building up. So the idea behind the prevention convention is let's give people the education and prevent it if we can Mm. by educating from a young age and giving people those signs and symptoms. And hopefully then we can make the right decisions and choices in life. I'm not saying that necessarily it will solve everything, but let's give people that opportunity and try and prevent it. That sounds amazing. I mean, I'm really looking forward to your journey because you are, oh, it's like at the beginning of your journey, but not. Because <laughs> it's, like it's like another level. You've just like gone to the next level. <laughs> um, yeah, and it feels that way as well, you know, Jennifer. Like, um, for me, I've had this idea where I wanted to do something and I didn't know what I could do. And, you know, meeting the fabulous people. So we're a team at Kaleidoscopic and we are all survivors. You know, out of the 18 members of my trustee board and the steering committee, there's only two that are non-survivors. And that's the real focus that I want it to be in completely survivor-led interventions and groups and support. You know, because I do feel that having peer support completely delivers a different dynamic. Um, which is so needed and Mm. obviously having something that's open-ended with no threshold is actually really different and hopefully will you know be a bit of a net if you like underneath the people that are falling through the cracks of other services Mm. I I mean I think you're answering all the questions that I have ahead you know my next question was why did you choose you know survivors to be a part of it of it you know and having that kind of main main focus but as we know, um, and what you said earlier about the textbook thing, you know, it is easy to read a textbook and go, right, I'm educated on it. But it's having the understanding and the even the sympathy towards that person and really trying to get in the shoes of that person before you can really take the full picture. And it's really not that easy. And I think, I don't know about you, but I think of this for not just... Um, domestic abuse but I think of it for other areas so we um, lost a a baby um, a a few years ago and really the only people that understand our feelings towards that loss are other parents who've lost a baby and um, I don't know whether that how they struggle and if they have the same challenging as us you know charities and organizations getting the message out about what that loss is like and having that understanding and maybe it's just a challenge in general (laughs) 
totally agree beautiful like you know for anybody who goes through anything and I'm you know so sorry for your loss and you know I can't I can you know try and understand and but the true empathy comes from lived experience you know going through that and being able to understand it on a whole other level and I think you know you're right it goes across through any lived experience that people that have also lived that completely understand it and that's for me it's like was going back to domestic abuse it's like this unwritten thing like you know I connected with you over social media <laughs> but you just totally get it I yeah. mean that phrase for me you know I hear it every session that we run or every group somebody and not necessarily to me but somebody will say to somebody else oh you just get it and and that's that's the unwritten you know the kind of basis that you can connect on I do believe there's like a higher energy or something that we all connect on and you don't have to explain your situation for someone mm. to understand whereas mm. when you are learning from a textbook for example you can try and understand and but when you're talking to somebody the, you don't really get it because yeah. that level of understanding comes through living it and everybody you can't put everybody into the same bracket because everybody's abuse slightly varies yes they may fit a template of an abuser male female child whoever it might be they may fit a template but actually the effect it has on you can vary the way they use it can vary and so then learning from a textbook you can't use that for every case that you come across either so I think that's really important and I think obviously as a survivor and I'm talking to other survivors we all understand that we get the intricacies and oh yeah mine did that and oh yours did that oh but mine did you know and you have this conversation and you can learn new things about wow you know what well, I didn't even know that someone could do that and there's so much learning out there and nobody can ever know everything on any subject but I do believe that being a survivor gives a different level and dynamic and actually to help other survivors in anything that you're implementing whether it be a statutory service a charity or whatever it needs to involve a survivor's voice because mm. you know some things may work textbookly if you like that's probably not a word but <laughs> it might not work in reality and that's the thing you know there are some great laws out there to protect us but actually not necessarily do they work or they fall down or whatever and that's that's the point that's what we need to get across is actually there's so many well-meaning people and fantastic steps are being made but actually things go a lot further and if you involve survivors in every decision process across the board and not just through abuse you're going to help more people yeah I completely agree with you um and it you know the the difficulties that um you know even pro professionals that I've spoken to that and struggle with um and and I felt when speaking to professionals that they don't want to hear from another person who's gone through it but really when I actually got speaking to them you know I had one person turn around and say you know you're more like an advisor and if everybody if everybody that works in the sector had that sort of thinking you know they mm -hmm. could really get a lot of information and use out of us and it not cost them the earth because we're willing we want to help um, and I think that's where you know we should be focusing on you know so I'm really excited to see you know how you go forward and how that maneuvers um with Kaleidoscopic UK you know it's you know I couldn't believe I didn't hear about it until when I reconnected <laughs> on social media you know on Facebook yeah. instead of Twitter <laughs> um what the world does um right so you've been part of a song we can't ignore yeah. this in <laughs> so 
you've been a part of a song haven't you so tell us a bit about that (laughs) so again somebody that I connected with over social media um is sounds like women project and it's run by the fantastic incredible formidable louisa moore um and again like i hit it off with you jen and completely you know met up with this wonderful lady for the first time and just felt like i'd known her all my life you know lived experiences are similar um and so what she's been running for quite a couple of years now is Sounds Like Women and their projects run worldwide. So it's trying to you know, help survivors of all different sorts of things. So not just domestic abuse, but that is one of the big things. And we got talking and I've loved singing since I was little. And actually for me, singing was a great tool of escapism. Mm. So I suffered child domestic abuse as well as mm. adult. And singing for me has always been a thing that I've enjoyed. I am not the world's best singer. I do not <laughs> claim to be. But it makes me feel good. Like when I can put a tune on and sing and dance around the kitchen and my kids do it with me now and, you know, encouraging that. And I think there's so many outlets that you can use and some healthy and not so healthy. But for me, singing is a really healthy one. And actually, there's so many songs that you can identify with and think, you know, that's empowering or you put on if you're getting ready for a night out or mm. if you're feeling low and you want a bit of a softy song and music is a great tool of getting words and also messages across and so when I met with Louisa you know hearing about what she's doing and um, invited her to an event that I held actually which is a world record attempt of singing to raise awareness of domestic abuse which sadly we didn't quite make we didn't have enough people but we gave it our best shot and from there she had the fantastic Evelina Flinter who was singing a song called Tell Me Why and it struck such a chord with me and I know that I played it at the event so you probably know the words as well but actually it's when you go through abuse this song is written about domestic abuse and it's questioning why why me why why did I change why did you do this to me you know and just the questions that we all have at different points in our Mm. journey um, but actually trying to then get that out there to everybody else. So we've released it as obviously a charity single and everything that Sounds Like Women Do um, goes into funding free workshops for other survivors worldwide. Um, and yeah, so she asked, would Kaleidoscopic be a part um, with survivors' voices on it only? Um, to which we all said, yes, that'd be amazing. I've always dreamt of recording a single. Um, had a fantastic you know, few days and recorded it and it's now released. Um, alongside Evelina Flinter who is a pop star in her own right in Poland and um, so yeah just just phenomenal and to be involved in such a project is such an honour and we are performing it live as well in London on Saturday so for anyone who hasn't heard it, it is available to download as well and I think pretty much all mediums so it's Tell Me Why by Sounds Like Women. That's amazing. I just think it's just so amazing. And I have heard it a few times. I'm not, you know, it, it didn't, you know, I didn't get bored of it or anything, you know. <laughs> but it, it's it's catchy. And, you know, even on that day as well, we had, how do you pronounce the name? Bure, begins with B. Oh, B. Burridge. Burridge That's music. It. Yeah. I was thinking Burridge Bridge or something like that. <laughs> um, but gosh, wasn't wasn't she amazing and and just the words and sort of the feelings behind that and the emotions and songs for me it's always about the words and I relate quite a lot to what you say not for me the singing but actually listening to the words um 
So for me, coming out of recovery, I listened to, um, well, I liked the Sam Bailey version of Skyscraper. Um, if you listen to the words, you know, you can cut me, you know, cut me with glass and, you know, tear me down and, but I will come up, rising up. And it's just, you know, it, it just helped me through, you know, there's days when I felt like I couldn't rise up above it. So yeah, um, the words on, on every of those songs, I believe are empowering for people to listen to. So I encourage anybody to, anybody that's listening to this to download it and have a listen. Um, so and and because it goes to those workshops as well which i wasn't aware of so what a fantastic cause as well um so we do have a couple of questions which have come in yep. from somebody in my facebook group um and if you don't want to answer them that's fine um but i will ask them anyway i'm pretty sure you'll answer anything vicky if you like me <laughs> Just no i will <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's a, um, she asks, if you are in an abusive relationship and not ready to fully get out of that relationship, what are some of the small steps you can take to improve your self-confidence? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Yeah. And I think, you know, all of us struggled with our self-esteem and self-confidence because even if you, you know, had a big one to start with, going through that relationship, they chip away and chip away at it. So my advice would be in that situation, which I've been in, I wasn't quite ready to get out, but doing little things that make you happy that you can do you know obviously safely don't put yourself at risk firstly that's the most important thing but anything that makes you feel good whether it's listening to a song whether mm. it's going for a walk in a park listening to the birds feeding the birds whatever it might be just to lift you mm. um and you know whether it's writing a poem and just you know trying to find what makes you happy like what can you do that will that one thing that will give you a little bit of a boost or time with your children or you know whatever it might be, just find that and do that and build yourself up slowly um, mm. to keep yourself on track. Or, you know, if you are able to go to maybe a support group locally um, for whatever thing it might be, whether it's, you know, not even necessarily support group, but it's something you enjoy, like a craft group or something like that. And, you know, something that's going to build you. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's true. I mean, I don't know if you did anything towards the end of your relationship, but what I did was um, I wasn't I wasn't allowed to work, or my, you know, I reduced my work hours significantly to like five a week. Is there really any point in that? Um, because there was this um, pressure and strain, and um, you know, just part of the abuse. And so, what I did was I set up a business from home to. You can't argue with that, can you? No. Um, but it did mean that I got to go to business networking groups. So I went along to, um, it's called Biz Mums, and basically you can bring your children along. So there's no excuse for me to avoid that. And the f sheer um, networking and the people in there that were just telling me what a great idea I had as a business made me realise that his words, you know, saying they were it was crap, I'm not bringing in a wage, blah, blah, blah. Yep. was put to a side and they built me the confidence and ultimately I think they were the ones that saved me from from the situation because I did 
have that confidence building and I was empowered to move forward so yeah, yeah and did you had anything or did you do anything yeah 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 no absolutely similar as you know like Jen I um work did work from home so I became an album consultant and mm. again that was something you can do at home it's an online business so I didn't have to do too many sort of one-to-ones or but there were meetings that you could go to and you know just thinking you know what no there is you know I can do things but also alongside that I got involved with um, resettling refugees in our area right. and I've always you know wanted to help other people and that's kind of been something that I get a lot from so although yes it's great that I help other people actually what I was getting from that was phenomenal and it was building my self-esteem and actually thinking you know what I can make a small difference you know whatever that might be I would like to do it and then got to meet these amazing you know Syrian vulnerable refugees and seeing the dynamics and being able to help them and you know in very small ways but by giving my time um got to know them so well and actually you know that gave me such an empowerment that he actually hated like it became you know a massive issue for him that he didn't like me doing it because I guess you know I'm analyzing him here but I'm guessing you know (laughs) he could see that it gave me something that I wasn't getting out anywhere else Mm. and actually doesn't you know I don't think they particularly like it when you are feeling good about yourself or empowered because Mm. they start to lose that little bit of control um Mm. but yeah it was really really important just to build myself up and did it in and around when I could um but yeah it was it was something that actually towards the end gave me the realization of actually you know what I'm living a life that is nowhere you know compared to where I thought I would be and the stereotypical relationship of an Arabic family is nothing like it you know I'd read in a textbook if you like yeah. <laughs> and actually I was living the stereotypical life that I'd read about at home mm. and I thought you know I started to then question slowly and see a little bit more of the behaviors um and I still wasn't quite ready to you know finally get out at that point but it definitely definitely boosted me to mm. where I was more empowered to Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear if that's um, the same for other people that they've sort of accidentally gone to a group or, you know, they've realised that they feel maybe suffocated and need that and then it's actually built them up. Um, It'd be interesting to see how people, maybe it was a process, you know, a whole process. Um, She also asks again, you know, what small steps can you take to build a life outside of the abusive cycle? So a life that you would be happy to go to. I suppose it's more like recognising there is a a chance of a happy life. And she does say, um, I know that I thought that I had nothing outside of my abusive relationship at all. So um, in summary, what steps can you take to build a life outside of that abusive um, cycle? And actually knowing that there there is a life outside of that. And I think you've just hit the nail on the head there, Jennifer. For me, it would be, like you just said, knowing that there is, that's the possibility. You know, I truly believe that I couldn't live without this man. I didn't know how to function without him. And actually now I realise that there is terminology and there are actually physical reasons for that, which is called trauma bonding. So it's really important that people research and think, oh my goodness, but to know that there is a way out. So the small steps that she's mentioned, I mean, unless you are able to do something like the groups that we've mentioned and things like that I would consider that small steps and knowing that you know I can be happy there are things that make me happy other than this person and this relationship Mm. um so I would strongly suggest those things again but Mm. also you know it's learning about yourself and 
what capabilities you have to sustain not being with them because I don't know about everybody else but I continued in that cycle where I think no I want out but then you know he would make sure that you know he was there and constantly in my head whether it's with child contact or whether it you know whatever reason it might be and actually then I had no headspace so um I would then quickly return back and think oh no this is what I want but actually you know the quicker you take them back the quicker you realize that in my case this isn't what I want but now yeah. I'm stuck and I have no way out and the cycle just went round and round and obviously they do show you the kind sides to remind you of why actually oh no I do you know I massively love this person and in my case would ask me oh but I need your help to be a better person or a better father or you know help me with work whatever it might be so because I liked helping people that kind of worked into how I would you know been a minute manipulated sorry I can't even say the word yeah. um but yeah so learning to sort of gray rock and distance yourself from those would be the steps that I would massively implement so it might not be that you're you know looking for a different property or somewhere else to live or steps like that but just building on your self-esteem building on how you can maintain a life without him or her whoever it might be and just constantly you know empowering yourself mm. and you know if you can get to groups and things like that so that you have some sort of involvement socially I do believe that's important um and you need that you need a network um because mm. it's so hard when you leave and you don't have one um so I would recommend those as my small steps ideally and you know if you are able to reach out to you know women's aid or whatever else there is in the area again they're a massive great support mm. system it's almost like you have to search for that support isn't it I was talking yeah. about this the other week on you know I mean I just put things into google if somebody comes to me and says you know this is um here in the this part of the UK and I just yeah. google it and then start ringing round um but it's hard isn't it because when you're in that situation you don't necessarily want to sure. ring around or speak to somebody over the phone it's a lot more easier to speak online um definitely can, I know you mentioned um in sorry which is where I would always recommend Jennifer <laughs> abuse talk sorry just <laughs> no that was a quite little hint there <laughs> Um, um, I know you mentioned about you know grey rocking so for people that don't understand what that is can you explain it for people I can try from my you know my understanding of it obviously I haven't got the terminology in front of me but basically it's an act that you can do so grey rocking there is many new sort of YouTube clips and things on the internet or you know um, information out there if you google it so it's basically how you deal with people who are abusive or narcissistic or whatever traits it might be that affect you and it's how to shut them down without opening yourself up for more abuse basically Mm. Um, and it's the tactics that you can use you know so that you aren't being rude you're not aggressive or anything like that but just very subtle ways of deflecting it back to them so if you know if they're being rude to you in some sort of way and you just say all right I'll answer that later or you know just there's so many terminologies that you can use to grey rock people and then you know it doesn't have to be you know an intimate relationship it can be through all walks of life but it's a really useful tool Mm. um that we're also including into our prevention programs that people can use um throughout life in most you know situations that are uncomfortable or abusive so tools like yeah grey rocking and learning about you know trauma bonding and gaslighting and all these terminologies that 
I hadn't even heard or know I'd suffered until I was out of it. But actually, once you understand that, I think it gives you a whole new level and perspective and outlook on what I've been through. But this is the recovery. And there are things that you can do to, you know, deal with people like that if you still have to for whatever reason. So, yeah, definitely look up Grey Rocking and the videos. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth it once you've got the tools because... It's like you sort of give give something up, and, and I suppose really it makes you feel more in control. Yeah. So they might not think that you are, exactly. <laughs> but you are and that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's probably the better way of putting it, Jennifer. Like you give them the idea that they're in control of the situation still, but actually, you know, subtly you've ended that conversation um, that you didn't want. Well, thank you for answering those for me. Um, Can you tell us how we find Kaleidoscopy UK online, where it is? How would people get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely. So Kaleidoscopic UK is obviously a hard one to spell. So, um, (laughs) but it is, you know, a few people have mentioned that, but it's E-I-D. That's the way I remember it in the middle, like E-D. And yeah, Kaleidoscopic UK. So we are www.kaleidoscopic.uk is our website which is currently under construction um but we do get the messages fed on from it we're on facebook we're on twitter um again under kaleidoscopic uk we're on instagram um so any of those means yeah absolutely you know message us and we'll help in any way that we can and what i'll do is i'll pop it all in the description so I'll just basically tell me that for no reason <laughs> but i think it's important to hear it from the person and you know how people can get in touch with you as well and because this is aired on access north radio in okay. um liverpool area so it's good to let everybody know um now thank, i just want to say a huge thank you to vicky thank you for your support online um and joining in with hashtag abuse talk and making yourself known so that i could find out about the work that you do um and thank you for you know that event last week and everything that you're going to be doing in the future i'm so excited to watch your journey um it's oh, really exciting you. so and finally thank you for joining me here <laughs> Yay, we did it finally and can i just also add jennifer before yeah. we go that obviously being survivor led if any survivors would like to get involved mm. you know in whatever area you are we have people that want to roll out kaleidoscopic in that area and that is the plan eventually you know when we grow we're big enough we want to employ survivors to facilitate freedom programs and our programs and you know our support groups and things like that so you know we are building a community of survivors as well so obviously we're there if you need support but if you would like to get involved in any other way or as an organization that would like some input you know from survivors um, obviously jennifer's a great one to come to but we're you know we're all out there doing them you know trying to make a difference so please do get in touch as well yeah definitely and i mean i think you will be around tweeting on hashtag abuse talk for anybody that happens to be going from here over to the twitter chat so if you if I, I don't know how long this interview is, but I try and gauge it. So hopefully we will not be tweeting yet. So you can head straight over to Twitter and start yeah. tweeting. Obviously, Vicky, this goes out next week, which yep. is, I don't know what day that is. <laughs> I'm so organized. And um, so I'm hoping you'll be available to tweet after in case there's anybody with any questions of course i would love to i'm always on I mean, there you're always on there you're anyway often. i was gonna say <laughs> um and just to let everybody know the next um interview is on the 4th of december <laughs> can't believe i'm saying 
4th of December um, and that will be on the YouTube channel either 7.15 or half 7 on the night um, so hopefully you can join us then but again before we go a massive thank you to Vicky Robertson from Kaleidoscopic UK for joining us and talking about everything that you're doing, the work you're doing, which is fantastic, and also answering those questions, which are so personal. So thank you, Vicky. You're very welcome. Thank you once again to Vicky for that interview. It was so informative and really wishing her all the best with her venture with Kaleidoscopic UK. The next episode of the Abuse Talk podcast is in two weeks' time, so keep tuned, follow us, share this with people that you think may be interested in listening to um, this podcast, um, really getting a variety of people on board, which is really great. And if you're interested in being interviewed, do get in touch with me at contact at jennifergilmore.com. There are also sponsorship packages available, so do get in touch regarding that as well, and I look forward to well talking to you all again soon I suppose talking maybe a bit of a different way but being in your ears <laughs> so thank you once again for listening and remember that together we are louder <laughs>